0: Welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast, Week 13 in the NFL, and I'm joined, as always, or most of the time, um, he has when missed week. He has, Yeah, when you're not on holidays, uh, you know, even even the doctor needs a uh, needs a break every now and then. But, uh, Daryl, how are we?
1: Yeah, good. Um, yeah, finally, kind of back at the regular grindstone, I guess, and kind of working across all the different sports. So, yeah, it's been a good couple of weeks. Good week and. Yeah, looking forward to the games this weekend.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I know uh, Stats Insider added college basketball to its ranks, so I'm sure that's just increased your workload massively, uh, given the sheer amount of uh, of games on a daily basis uh, from that sport.
1: Yeah, we've got the models up and running. Um, they're not public on um, the website yet. We're hoping that will be in the next week or two. Um, it's kind of after Big Bash in the queue. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the models are running. We're monitoring it. Um, some, yeah, good early results, but yeah, tons of games each day.
0: So, so something to keep an eye out if you're, if you're a Hoops fan and uh, want to join Stats Insider, uh, in the next week or so, you can get the back end of the NFL, the big bash, um, and then, uh, the, obviously the NBA and college basketball as well. But yeah, week, uh, week 13 in the NFL, um, so, you know, week 12s, you know, showed us, a, showed us some things. So the state of the NFL right now, as we see it, a lot of teams are pretty much all but out, even though they're technically still quote-unquote, in the hunt. But the Steelers, Pats, and Texans are all battling for that uh, elusive first-round buy alongside in Kansas City in the AFC. The Saints and Rams are fighting for home field advantage, both 10 and 1. The Chargers are all but locked into the five-seed, barring an absolute disastrous uh, final month. The Colts, Ravens, and Broncos have emerged um, as uh, you know the, the three contenders for that sixth seed in the AFC. And then the Cowboys, Eagles, and Redskins are fighting for the NFC East, and then the Vikings, Seahawks, Panthers, and I guess uh, the first loser in that NFC East, they're also fighting for two NFC Wild Card places as well. So you could kind of throw the Bears in there as well if you think the Vikings can rally. But uh, Week 12 is highlighted... Uh, sorry, Week 13 is highlighted by a couple of matches, um, starting with the Saints at Cowboys on Thursday night, and we'll talk about that. Uh, it's a man versus machine uh, uh, <laughs> game, which I'm excited about. And then the Steelers and Chargers, which is likely going to be a match between two playoff teams. So week 13 is highlighted by that. But as we always do on the punt return, we talk week 12 results. And We start with the lock of the week. Uh, it felt agonizingly short. Uh, Philadelphia started disastrously at 19-3 down. I thought that that was all over. But they ended up winning the game, but they opted for a field go over, over a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to win by three instead of seven. I think if they got a first down and drove a little bit closer with the time on the clock, they could have scored seven. Um, but instead, uh, they sort of dinked and dunked their way and, and eked out the clock and, and got the three-point win. So, unfortunately, didn't fare too well. Um, but you know, we had some other wins elsewhere. And uh, Daryl, how did how did we go in week twelve?
1: Uh, one of the worst weeks for the model, to be fair. I, mean, I think so... one of the
0: worst weeks for us across the board. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was not a great week.
1: No, um, the early plays went. A fair bit better than the late plays. So against closing lines, I think 0 to 2 green, 0 and 2 orange. Um, the Eagles discussed Tennessee were hopeless. Um, Green Bay and Oakland, um, no good against final lines. Um, Seattle, um, were sort of decent value early in the week. Um, we had no bets on most of the others early in the week. So the late moves kind of forced the model into some plays there that, um, didn't work out so well. Um, 1 and 0 on totals. Um, college football, it was a similar, well, Questionable kind of story. So 3-8 on the orange sides, but 9-1 and one on the totals, which included a green win. So the green Smarties carry on rolling. They're having a really good season. And, yes, yeah, um, some good games across both NFL and college football this weekend.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating as well when you beat the closing line by a good margin and you still lose. Um, that's happened yeah. in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed, with us here on the show. We all, or even in the article, I'll tip up a line. Um, and then sometimes it goes the other way. I mean, last week I tipped up Tampa Bay minus three. It ended up jumping minus one. Um, You know, the minus three and the minus one still covered, but you win on those ones when you probably shouldn't. And then the ones where you beat the closing line, um, unfortunately, just doesn't seem to go your way. It's, it's been a kind of a weird sort of three, four-week period um, as Vegas start to get a lot sharper with their lines and, you know, start to know a lot more about these teams. And I, I find week 13, which we'll get to in a minute, struggling to find sort of five or six players that are like, where some weeks... Earlier on in the year, I'd have eight, nine plays that I, that I really like. So, um, it makes things a little bit tougher. I mean, if you can sort of just straddle above 500 on, on the bad weeks, um, I'll take that. And that's, that's kind of what I did last week. Uh, I went, uh, four and four, um, against the spread, um, with, a uh, couple of big underdogs letting me down. Arras, like, sorry, uh, Atlanta lost the, the plus 13 by one point and had three red zone fumbles which is just unbelievably baffling you know even if you convert sort of one of those into a touchdown and one into a field goal you know they're close to even winning that game which sounds crazy but um you know three red Zone fumbles is just so rare and then uh you know uh, uh Oakland against Baltimore they' were up in that game and then you had a uh, a 70 yard punt return by the Ravens and a 43 yard fumble return and that pretty much uh put that out of reach there so uh, those two double digit plays um you know I Still would take those every day of the week, even though they didn't quite come through for me in the end. So I finished at 0. .500. Woot had his worst week as well. He went one and four against the spread. Um, he's bowed out this week. He's just said, I'm not betting this week, um, whatsoever. So we've got no plays from, from Woot this week. I think he's just going to take the week off and go in with a fresh mind in week 14. Week 14 has some really ripper games as well. So that's something to monitor. But, uh, let's, uh, let's get into, into week 13. But before we do that, um, a word from our sponsors.
1: Looking for a bit of a leg up on the pump this weekend? Or you love your NFL, but you're not sure where the value is? Get a sneak peek with Stats Insider's free subscriptions. With featured games each day to give you the boost over the bookmakers. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Gamble responsibly.
0: Okay, here we are. Now, week 13. No more buyers. Full slate. Um, and you've got a little bit of word of warning before we get into, uh, this, into this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's more of a personal thought, but kind of based on historic results and so on, weeks 13 to 17 are kind of the weeks where I bet progressively less. Um, so I drop my unit size slightly in week 13. I drop it a whole lot more in week 17. Um, yeah. and then back to kind of normal at the start of the playoffs. So yeah, just that little bit of caution I preach as I, as we go into this week. Moral's fairly opinionated this week. There's a few players it likes. Um, I'll be betting them at kind of 80% of what I usually would.
0: Okay, so that's word of warning there. I definitely agree. Week seventeen is a you know just a, a complete. We might not even do an episode. There's just too many teams and situations where players are being rested, and and you just don't know how serious it is with uh, you know seedings and whatnot. So hopefully, it does come down to the line where you know most of the games are still meaningful in terms of seedings and home fields and and draft order and whatnot. So we could see some meaningful games, but obviously. We'll discuss that, uh, you know, outside uh office hours, I guess. Um and, and work out what's going on here. But as I said at the top of the show, uh week 13 is highlighted by a couple of good games. First one is this Thursday night football game, New Orleans, minus seven and a half at Dallas. It's actually flat seven at some places as well. So if you want to make that flat seven we can, but uh the total not. You'd rather not. Oh I'd rather do it. So um you know, we could both see a scenario where we both win here um but yeah 52 and a half um is the total 53 flat 53 at some places as well depending where you look so there is some variation around that seven um i don't see any six and a half so that's worth noting so it's seven or seven and a half depending on where you look daryl let's go you you said you'd you'd rather not (laughs) what why why is that
1: (laughs) yeah we're on the data side of this um data plus seven and a half is our biggest edge of the week um it was showing up as around 12, 13% last I checked. It fluctuates back and forth depending on the line. Um, Dallas money lines also a decent option. Um, I think on the last set of numbers I checked, the model made this about like New Orleans by 3.4 or something like that. So seven and a half is obviously on the good side of that.
0: Okay. I like the Saints minus seven, and I originally didn't want to have a bet on this game, but I did some more research and some more reading, and I just noticed that, you know, Dallas have had a bit of a win streak of late, but they're not really elite in any facet of the game. Um, They're 21st in DVOA, and they're all in the 20s or high teens across the board in DVOA. The Saints are first, um, you know, not first in total DVOA, but they're in the top, you know, top five in DVOA in in a lot of things here. Uh, So, you know, they they rank uh, top five in offense, top 10 in special teams, and top 15 in defensive DVOA. And I just like... The matchup here: the Saints are really, really good against the run. They're the best team in in the NFL against the run, so they'll do a good job of shutting Zeke down. And I think Marshall and Lattimore will do a good job uh, shadowing newly acquired Amari Cooper, who seems to have um, opened up their offense for them, uh, Dallas that is. So I think M- Lattimore matches well, well, up well with Cooper, and the Saints' run defense does a lot of what um, Zeke um, can do. So hopefully they can shut Dallas down. And I can—it's hard to stop the Saints as good as Dallas' his defense has been. Um, the Saints are an absolute juggernaut on offense at the moment. They they took care of Atlanta last week without getting much production at all from Kamara and Michael Thomas. They were throwing touchdowns to random no-names, and we'll talk about that in Fantasy, uh the DFS podcast, Um, because unfortunately Kamara and, and Michael Thomas didn't fare too well for us last week when we had scrubs like Dan Arnold and Taysom Hill catching passes from uh, Drew Brees. But, yeah, I like the Saints minus seven here. It does feel like a lot on the road on a short week, Um but, yeah, I like the Saints. Yeah, I don't mind the under as well, by the way. Uh, I think that total yeah. is a bit higher given Dallas's, you know, defense is pretty good. At, it's probably the toughest defense the Saints will have had to face for, for a little while. So definitely think that. And I think, uh, if the Saints can start, shut Zeke down, there won't be too many points in this one, but I can see the Saints winning sort of by 10 points or so.
1: Yeah, we lean towards the under. Um, not enough to make it a bet at the moment, but yeah, if I was going to bet the total, I'd bet the under.
0: Okay, moving on. Indy, minus four at Jacksonville. The total is 47. Uh, Some news on this one. Blake Bortles has finally been benched. Cody Kessler will start. Offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett has also been uh let go by the Jags. And Leonard Fournette is suspended. He appealed it today, upheld. He will miss this game. So you'll see a, a multifaceted approach at uh, running back with Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. Um, which kind of makes me nervous as a Colts fan. I'd rather face Bortles and Leonard Fournette than, uh, this rejuvenated you know, Jacksonville offense. I feel like it can't get any worse than how it has been. Um, they completely blew, blew it against the Bills last week, and I'm a little bit nervous here playing down there. We saw what the D did against the Steelers at home, um, just two weeks ago as our lock of the week. Um, so I'm all out on this game. I'm, I'm not touching it.
1: Um, so we at the moment have Jacksonville as an orange player. We make this Colts by just under three. So Jacksonville plus four is kind of a decent, much smaller than um, Dallas, but a play that's worth considering.
0: Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on, the Chargers, or the Clippers, as Daryl likes to call them, <laughs> um, a travel to Pittsburgh. Um, this game's actually been flexed to to Sunday night, but um, I'm definitely just going to um, go in the order that it appears on my Dombest. But uh Pittsburgh, minus three and a half, total 51 and a half. I like the Steelers here, minus three. I love the Chargers. Anyone that's followed our our podcast and our show for a long time, Josh and I are big Chargers fans. We love the Chargers relentlessly, even though they're not our team whatsoever. But I am worried about their wins on the board. Uh, A lot of their wins have been against lesser opponents. When they've played teams of similar or or higher quality, they've they've been sufferers of double-digit losers. Now they play on the road without Melvin Gordon. Pittsburgh... Um, coming off a loss, they've been a lot stronger at home, offensively way, way better at home, especially Big Ben. Um, so I do think that they can, uh, grind out a win in this one and, and cover the flat three. There is flat three out there. If you, you can get three and a half. Um, if you want to take the charges, um, you know, get, getting the hook on that field goal, um, that could be an avenue as well. But I think the Steelers here at home minus three. Um, this is a great primetime game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the total. Yeah. I'm not, not too sure. I, it does seem a bit high. I feel like this game could be a bit more of a tough slog. Um, despite, you know, both these teams being great offensively, I think their defenses have been a lot better over the last few weeks. So, yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh minus three.
1: Yeah, so if I had to bet this one, I think we'd lean towards the under. Um, certainly the line it is at the moment It doesn't quite qualify for the, uh, rule. But, yeah, I don't have to bet it, so I'll pass.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously one that, you know, if it does trickle up a little bit, um, as we head towards Sunday night, then, you know, the model will obviously change its, its projection um if it if it did get to say fifty two and a half or even fifty three would that qualify as an orange play
1: um potentially um yeah, it would depend on kind of some other factors, you know any changes in weather conditions and so on and so forth but yeah potentially,
0: okay carolina minus three and a half at tampa bay totals fifty five when I first looked at this game, I thought over over over, and then I saw the total is fifty five which is pretty high, um, but I still kind of lean towards the over, but I'm not going to have a, an official play on this game. Carolina have lost three in a row, but they've been competitive in all three. And Tampa Bay looked pretty good last week with Jameis Winston, but uh, all of that I'm probably just going to bow out and, and leave this one. I think three and a half a half's probably about right.
1: Yeah, we met this Carolina by about you know, 2.7, 2.8 on the numbers, so... Um, Tampa Bay plus three and a half has a small bit of value. Obviously we bet them a lot at the start of the season. Yeah. I don't mind a small play on them this week. I wouldn't be going nuts on it.
0: Okay. Uh, Cleveland at Houston, Houston minus six total is 48. Um, I want to hear your thoughts because we've got another man versus machine here. <laughs> um, cause I'm doubling down on this one.
1: Yeah, um, nothing on the total. Um, Houston minus six uh, is a small bet at the moment. Um, It's the right side of the line. I don't see it gaining a ton more value, um, so I'd probably suggest it's going to stay as an orange play. So yeah, Houston minus six, small.
0: Okay, well, we're clashing here on the line. Um, I'm on Cleveland plus six. I'm all in on Cleveland. I really like them the last couple of weeks um, after they got rid of Hugh Jackson. Um, I love the swagger that Baker Mayfield brings to the table. Uh, He's just been fire I love it I love the energy he brings I think he's perfect man to kind of take Cleveland to the promised land not this season but I do think the signs are there and and with Freddie Kitchens the offensive coordinator I think they've linked up really well and they've produced a lot of points recently their defense isn't as good as first advertised so I do think Houston um, are going to put up points and I do think the Browns are going to put up points and that's why I like the over 48 um, in this play if I had to choose the order of players I'd definitely lean over first and and then I might have something a little bit more on... Uh, not a little bit more, but a little bit less on Cleveland plus six. But Cleveland and Houston, they rank ninth and 12th in points per game across their last three games. Cleveland ranked 10th in yards per play, and Houston 15th across their last three games. Cleveland have played uh, a lot easier defences, so obviously it's a much tougher task going against Houston. But we saw Marietta and the Titans put up some scoring drives and, and, and bust them open a little bit. So I do like the over 48. I feel like this total should be about 51 or 52 um so i'm definitely taking cleveland uh, taking over 48 and i think if it's going to be a shootout i think i'll take cleveland getting close to a touchdown in this one i'm i just still don't buying into the texans so yeah i'm going to take cleveland plus 6 so we're already two two man versus machine games um in and we're only we're only 5 games in so um grab your popcorn folks uh this could we're be doing the article for you Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, That'll be up uh, Friday morning or this morning if you're listening here on Friday morning. Um, All right, Buffalo at Miami. Miami minus four and a half. The total is 40. Uh, I don't want anything to do with this game. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to partake in it. Um, The AFC uh, East, uh, it stinks. I'm I'm good, thanks.
1: (laughs) um, I don't disagree with much. that We're leaning towards Buffalo, but yeah, no interest in betting it.
0: Yeah, yeah, if I had to choose a side, i do think Buffalo, but um that was when it, I think it opened at six. I, I liked it a lot more there, but I think four and a half a half's probably, uh, about right now. Uh, okay, Chicago at, uh, the Giants. We've got no line and no total right now. Trubisky is questionable. There's some four and a halves out there towards Chicago minus four and a half. I'd imagine if Trubisky starts, it's probably gonna be six and a half Chicago. Um, if it's chase Daniel then you're looking at probably a, a field goal so i am thinking that line's just smack bang in the middle um there from i think better line is the only any place up in the states so uh yeah obviously nothing from the model until we have a line
1: yep exactly um check back later
0: yeah i, I don't think even if, even if we get a line in this one I, I just don't think i want to touch this one uh at all uh, all right denver minus four and a half at Cincinnati the total is 44. I think we have another man versus machine, Dara. What have you got for me?
1: Uh, yeah, we have this Broncos by three. So Cincy plus four and a half, decent amount of value. Um, small on Cincy money line.
0: Okay. I like Denver minus four and a half. Here. <laughs> um, I, okay. This is a little bit of a homer pick and I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I had a little something on Denver at 401 to win the Super Bowl at the start of the week. Um, I thought that price was a bit big. I like their schedule. I think they can win out. If they win out the rest of the way, they're, they're, they're going to lock into that sixth seed and potentially, um, you know, push, push whoever they play in the playoffs. Um, but you know, 401 now, I think they're already into 101. If they win these couple of games, they're going to end up being sort of 60s or 50s to win the Super Bowl. So maybe this is betting with my heart a little bit rather than my head, but Cincinnati will be without Andy Dalton and potentially without AJ Green going up against that Denver defensive line that's terrorized quarterbacks all year. I do think they can get to Andy Dalton, put pressure on them. Um, I remember a couple of weeks ago, many thought the Saints traveling to Cincy was a trap game. I just don't think Cincy are very good. Case Keenum hasn't had a turnover in three games now after, I think he had 18 in the first uh, sort of seven weeks. So, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. He's been a lot better with the ball. And, uh, yeah, I like Denver minus four and a half here. I might wait. There could be some late Cincy money, I think. Um, and, you know, I don't see it going any higher than five or five and a half. So, um, yeah, Denver minus four and a half for me. Surely we've got to split some of these. If you just wipe the floor with me, there might not be a week 14, uh, punt return <laughs> podcast there.
1: <hour. laughs> oh, it could go either way. I dare say there'll be a podcast if you win them all.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there definitely will be. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the Rams, uh, minus 10 at Detroit, totals 55. Um, there's some varying lines out there. I've seen nine and a halfs. So I've seen 10 and a halfs. I've seen 10, so I've put it for the sake of this, uh, flat 10. Um, yeah, this is, this game's tempting to take. As I said at the top of the show, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta and Oakland let me down as double digit favorites, uh, double digit dogs last week. So I'm a little bit scared to run out and take some of these large, large dogs just because of that. But Detroit is home, you know, double digit dogs is really tough to pass on here, but I'm going to pass on it. I, I just can't bring myself to do it here. Um, The Rams are a juggernaut coming off a buy, but uh, yeah, I'm going to avoid.
1: Yeah, I think we were pulling in 10.5 from Tab when I wrote this. Um, Lions plus Hmm. 10.5 is a smallish value or a reasonable value play. Um, Plus 10 is probably borderline, but just about okay. Um, On the numbers, we make this Rams by eight. Um, So yeah, I saw a couple of articles this morning from Action Network who were both pumping Detroit and talking about how much the public loves LA, and I'm not sure if that gives me more or less confidence, but mm. um, worth noting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I've heard like on a couple of other podcasts, you know, what defines the public now because we've, you know, US has opened up so much. Um, so you know, what what really is the public anymore? But yeah, it it is it is interesting. I, I feel like, and I think Sportsline do it as well, where they have like public money as a percentage, and I'm I, I'm always interested how they work out what what really public money is as opposed to yeah. sharps. Is it a certain bet under a certain amount makes it public I, I like i'm i'm not really sure but like it's is that
1: definitely a or a bet online versus a Chris or a pinnacle i mean who knows yeah exactly
0: and you know for me it's like of course yeah like it makes sense though a lot of the the public will just love the rams here no matter what the line is because they they are the best team in the nfl and they're playing the, the lowly detroit lions um so you know it makes it makes sense that it could get pumped out Getting the t- that extra half, you know, over ten and a half is is extremely, extremely tempting. I'm going to hate myself on Monday morning when they uh, when they cover that and I'm not on it, but uh, nice. it's just the way that it is. Uh, same with this next line: Arizona at Green Bay. Green Bay are 14 point favorites at home here with a 44 and a half total. I know Arizona now ranked dead last in offensive DVOA. They've been absolutely terrible the last few weeks but they led 10-0 against the Chargers and still didn't cover. Um that's it's insane to me. And then the Chargers I think they're only 13 point favorites at home against the Cardinals. They're a much better team than the Packers. I'm not, I don't understand why that line is 14 points, but again I'm not running, you know, over people to get in line to put money on the Cardinals plus 14. It is a lot, but I'm going to pass
1: yeah as you say it's quite a lot of points. It's not enough for me to be betting that my pass as so. well.
0: yeah it's just so hard to to do it, but here we are uh, all right, another double digit line here Kansas City minus fourteen and a half at Oakland uh the total is fifty five and a half i I got flat fourteen this morning on Kansas City um which I'm happy about. I don't normally like taking favorites this big, but I've just got uh one line for you Andy Reid off a of buy that's that's all I need. <laughs>
1: That's the reason. (laughs) Um, That's it. Yep. Um, For us, I don't particularly like the Oakland spread. So we talked early in the season, I think, about there's a few games where we kind of pass on the spread or the line, but I still want a small nibble at the money line, and this is one of those. um, In our simulations, Oakland win kind of 15.5-ish percent against what is effectively an 11% um, implied probability if you look at the bookmaker's money line at the moment. So... I'll have a small nibble on the Oakland money line, um, fun size bet, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, there we go. Um, New York Jets at Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, I feel like that, is that right? Seven and a half, um, is the line, Forty and a half, I need to check that, but yeah, I, I, I don't want anything on that game whatsoever. Uh, you know, look, Tennessee were pretty okay against the Houston Mariota played well. Um, but so do the Jets for a half. They played pretty well against the pats and, and hung tough, so I feel like seven and a half is pretty good if if you're getting close to say nine or, or, or points or so, then I might consider taking the jets at the plus but at, at that point, um you know in between sort of six and a half to eight and a half i uh, I don't want anything in this game,
1: yeah, we have no bets either that one opened Tennessee minus nine and a half yeah um yeah, now seven and a half um yeah, no interest in betting at the current just
0: yeah. Well, the the Jets last week it was they were they were winning in this in the game, and then there was a flag on New England, and if it if they rejected the flag, it would have been fourth and two, and they would have kicked uh, New England probably would have kicked the field goal, and then uh, the Jets would have led seven to three. But Todd Bowles for some reason accepted the penalty, so it became third and twelve, so it gave them an extra shot, and they were still in field goal range. So what did New England do on that? They scored on that thing, and it went up seven seven, and that was it. Just, just mind-baffling some of these coaches when you—it's frustrating when you have money on these teams and these coaches just make backward decisions like that. Uh, you know, I didn't have anything on that game at all, but it, like just as a spectator, it's infuriating um, to see just mind-numbingly dumb decisions by by coaches. I normally like Todd Bols, but anyway, uh, Minnesota at New England. New England are five-point favorites. This is another good game. I'm excited to watch this one. Good afternoon, slate game. Forty-eight and a half. Is the total? I don't want to bet on it though. I feel like five points is probably about right. Um, if I were was going to lean away, I'd probably just take Minnesota to win this game outright.
1: Yeah, we make this pass by just over three. I think 3.2, 3.3. Uh Minnesota plus five isn't enough. Obviously, knowing New England minus five isn't a bet either. So pass.
0: Is there any percentage on the money line? Uh, you know, would you know betting Kelly as you've mentioned on this show before? Sorry to put you under the pump, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: Um, I can check. Um, yep. yeah, I mean, it varies. We tend to like the over the money line much bigger on, sorry, we tend to like the money line much better on the kind of the big dogs. So yep. the kind of plus 40 and a half. I think that's where kind of the pricing still isn't quite right on the money lines. So otherwise the link between the money line and the spread is pretty well understood, I think, in terms of, you know, your standard kind of push percentages and stuff. So I think there's kind of limited options there. Um, I'm just going to check what we've actually got in that one. Yes, in Minnesota we have 34% the average market price sign of the bookmaker's equivalent there is 31% so 3% um which wouldn't be enough to qualify as an orange play yep. on our uh, methods.
0: Yeah, exactly. I like I wouldn't bet it. It's it, you're betting betting against Bill Belichick and Brady at home um is generally not a great strategy. So, um I'm definitely going to probably lean towards moving out on that one. If if, it, if the line does move out a little bit, I might look at Minnesota, but um, I haven't seen enough to really convince me that, for me to take them, um, around that sort of Vegas zone, four and a half, five points. Um, yeah, I've been needing
1: six and a half for, yeah,
0: at least, uh, definitely. I don't think it'll ever get to a, a, a flat touchdown either, unless there's some late money Sunday night for New England. There always seems to be a lot of late money for New England, but yeah, no thanks. Uh, San Fran at Seattle, Seattle, you know, they're not flying under the radar no more. I've been, um, Quite profitable on Seattle the last few weeks, and I feel like people were sleeping on them just because their roster isn't as highly coveted as it has been in years past, but they're still a competitive team, and I think they're in the box seat now to to win a wild card position. But they're 10-point favorites now, so everyone's readjusted. 10-point favorites at home here to San Fran against Nick Mullins. Uh, a total is 46. 10 feels high, but again, I'm going to pass on this.
1: Yeah, I can't get involved to that kind of line. Um, my inclination, if I was going anywhere, would be San Fan. but there's not enough value. I think it's just a pass.
0: Yep. Okay. Moving on, we've got uh Washington at Philly. Uh, Philly minus six and a half total is forty four. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one?
1: Again, if I had to bet it I'd probably be small on the over, but in yeah, no interest, just gonna believe it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm backing away from Philadelphia after last week, uh just given uh the I don't know, I'm very let down. Like they won and they the comeback was great and the sort of their comeback field goal win against the Giants last year kind of started their run, but I just I just don't know if I can bring myself to do it as much as I feel like People bought into Colt McCoy too much. I mean, he wasn't overly great last week. Um, and you've just made a good point on the document that i completely forgotten the game here. Um, so we'll, we'll double back around, a little bit of a wacky order here, but we've got the Atlanta Falcons um, hosting uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Falcons are about one or one-and-a-half point favorites here. The total is 48-and-a-half or 49, depending on where you look. Um, this game opened with Baltimore as, I think, Two and a half point favorites, and it's just completely flipped the other way now with Atlanta being got, favorites.
1: Yeah. You could have got Atlanta plus three. I think it opened at Atlanta plus three. I
0: would have jumped on. I would have jumped on that um, straight away if I had seen that. Um, unfortunately, missed the early line there. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't want anything to do with this game. Uh, Lamar Jackson is starting. I think uh, Joe Flacco is in the injury port. So um, that probably, yeah. Man, Atlanta's weakness is pass defense. And look, Lamar showed a lot more in the passing game, but I don't know whether he's like a profli- prolific passer enough yet to, to, you know, dice apart this Atlanta team. So if I had to lean one way and pick this game, I'd pick Atlanta to win, but I, I'm not confident in that. And I don't, just don't see any value now with them favorites. But, um, at the plus three, it would have been all over
1: it. Yeah, pretty much exactly that. We made this fathoms by over two and a half, two point six, two point seven, 2.6, 2.7. Um, At the current prices, we'd have a small into Atlanta, but not enough to bet. Um, We'd have been a solid green at plus three. There are touchdowns, and then there are... Experience a true touchdown with a Stats Insider premium subscription. That's NFL predictions and value plays for every game, giving you the ultimate edge against the bookies. Touchdown in every way possible this season. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Gamble responsibly.
0: Lock of the week here in week 13, just surveying it, given how much we disagree and, and with Woot just completely bowing out uh, this week. Um, I think it's safe to say that we don't have a lock of the week.
1: Yeah, good week to practice um, lock of the week money management, shall we call it. And, uh, yeah, I can't see anything that makes sense that we agree on.
0: Yeah, what we should have done when we uh, started this lock of the week all the way back in week one is when we had something we are all on, all on board, all three of us, made it like a two-unit play, and then anything where we are on the fence about maybe a one-unit or half-unit lock, and then when we are completely... Um, all at odds, instead of forcing a lock of the week, we should have been a little bit smarter and done what we've done this week and sort of bowed out and said zero units. Lock of the week is save your bankroll for, for the next two unit play where we're all on the same page. Um, like yeah. we were with the Jags a, a couple of weeks ago at the plus six. Um, yeah, as, as we said off air, not going to force a lock of the week when we're not really overly, um, on the same page about anything. You know, we are on a some, on some things, but we're just not confident enough to, to make it a play. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know gamble responsibly as uh, as everyone says on those on those ads so i think that's the way to go here for the lock of the week um but overall week 13 i think it's a tough slate i I've, I've, i really struggled to find some plays this week um whereas other plays you know other weeks it, it seems to be very very easy um i feel like the bookies have got this got this right this week um so the the lines are and the totals as well it's it's tough to it's tough to find a lot of edge
1: yeah i'm I completely agree with that. I mean as I' say the model's opinionated on a few things, but I'm gonna pull my bankroll back a little bit as I said at the start of this um, show. I am I'm not a massive fan of the slate that, that there'll be a few entertaining man versus machine games and I think that will give us some uh, good talking points for next week.
0: Yeah, hashtag content as they all yeah. say. Um, you know, and you mentioned uh, college football, we've got conference finals, it's bowl season um, as you as you say at Christmas Day. Um, it's the Hawaii Bowl, right?
1: It is, yes. What else would you want to do on Christmas Day than uh, watch the Hawaii Bowl? <laughs> well, for me,
0: like you say that ironically, but for me, I'd rather do that. I think. than...
1: no, I, well, I'll probably have it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you
0: know, in laws. Not uh, completely.
1: Uh, uh, and Hawaii will actually be in it, as we were saying last week. They're actually bowl eligible, and I'm sure that's where we will play. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, they'll be eligible. Uh, be what? Good to see the blonde head, uh, Cole McDonald, or uh, I think his name was. C- Ch- Cadavero, I don't know the, the freshman quarterback that won us the um, the most amazing cover a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Chavo, I think his name was. Um, he he was amazing as well. So you know they're a bit larry. They're they're a fun team to watch, but um, you know and Kawhi Tret- and
1: shirts a lot more um. Absurd. Yeah, a ex- lot more appropriate for the Australian Christmas than the uh, yeah. European Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure I
0: imagine if you were wearing that in the UK, you would have freezed <laughs> your tail off. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Um, bowl season, I do say, you know, tread carefully. I know teams want to, you know, win bowls and everyone thinks that they're, 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 they're these prestigious games, but you'll find a lot of their team's best players, um, some of them make financial decisions um, with the <laughs> NFL looming, given what happened to Jalen Smith a couple of years ago, and, and will sit out games. So... Nick Bosa's already sitting out for Ohio State. Ed Oliver already for Houston sitting out as well. So just bear that in mind and check the injury reports and, 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 and keep an eye on those type of things. Cause although they're minor players, you know, it sometimes it affects, you know, certain teams, um, entire schemes and, and whatnot. So that's just something to consider. Yeah. But generally a lot of the quarterbacks and things will play. So you don't have to worry too much, but tread carefully. But conference finals this week, I'm excited to see how, how that kind of, decides the final four in the uh, college football playoffs so it's definitely uh definitely exciting to watch i think if georgia win then they're in if georgia lose to alabama then it opens the door for a higher state in oklahoma i think oklahoma's one loss this season it is against texas who they're playing so if they can beat texas and, and georgia lose that, then, then they'll surely be in um, so there's all these different scenarios um, i think washington are still an outside chance as well um, and then there's also still undefeated ucf even though they've lost their quarterback so there's so much going on from a college football perspective this week. Yeah,
1: UCF, of course, last year's unofficial national champions. Yeah. Um, official, official NFL. in
0: my heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were fun. A Shaquem Griffin, who's just an absolute inspiration. You know, he spearheaded that. Um, he was, he was awesome. So, man, if they go undefeated again and still miss out, um, they could be the unofficial back to back, um, yeah. college football champions. So that's always something to watch. Uh, Daryl, any final thoughts on this week, uh, before we let you go?
1: No, I think, as you said, there'll be some entertaining games this week. Um, I preach a little bit of caution on the betting side. Um, college football will be fun this weekend. Um, lots of kind of meaningful games. It's always good fun. Yep. And yeah, I, I completely agree with your thoughts on bowl season. Um, it's a time for kind of fun betting, and I'm yep. a big fan of like the pools and the confidence pools, and I think those are the kind of things you'll find some value opportunities in over college football season, uh, bowl season.
0: Definitely agree there. And, uh, you know, tread carefully on the NFL, as you said. But what that means is just, uh, focus more on DFS and fantasy and, and, and finding, uh, great edges in, the, in that regard. And if you are a listener, uh, please check out the DFS from Down Under podcast. But, uh, that wraps up the punt return in week 13. You can follow Daryl on Twitter at DP Woodford and at Stats Insider. And you can follow us at Wooten Y. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. And until next week, goodbye.